Let's just take it from the top. You are listening to Night Vision. Hello and welcome to Night Vision, a multi-platform audio magazine presented by the Indiana State Council of the Knights of Columbus, designed to enrich, enlighten, educate, and entertain. Welcome back to Season 3 of Night Vision. In today's show, we continue our dialogue focused on the seven corporal works of mercy, more specifically, visiting the imprisoned. Coming up, I visit with Brother Knight Mark Scheller about his involvement in his parish's prison ministry. But first, Scott sits down with Deacon Ron Peru. Scott? Welcome, everyone. This is Scott Schutte, State Deputy-Elect. I'm speaking today with Deacon Ron Peru. Deacon Ron uh, is the uh, chaplain for Council 16305 in uh, Greenwood, St. Francis and Clare. We're talking this month about visiting the imprisoned and the efforts of various councils across the state. Deacon Ron, if you would, uh, I know you have met with folks at the Johnson County Jail in Franklin, Indiana, right? Correct. Would you mind telling us what's happened there and what your ministry has been like in the past? The ministry to the inmates in Johnson County Jail is actually a ministry of St. Rose of, of Lima in Franklin, Indiana. I got involved in that probably about a dozen years ago or maybe even longer. Deacon Steve Hodges was the deacon that was assigned at that time, and uh, I was invited to go with him and another deacon. That was kind of my training introduction to jail ministry, and for a time period, uh, Deacon Ron Reimer uh, was at St. Rose, and he led it up, but he moved. So I I took over coordinating the ministry to Johnson County Jail probably about four or five years ago. What has been involved in that is there was a communion service that was done at the jail on Fridays in the mornings. There are multiple ministries that, that go into the jail, but you you have to really conform to the times that they have available because they have guards and they have schedules and things of that nature. We would go in on Fridays and they would organize bringing the male inmates in and we would do a communion service for them. And then subsequent to that, we would do another communion service for the females. They, they can't have them together just for obvious reasons in those surroundings, but they're, they're, they're in their cells inside the jail. It's kind of like a shared bunk area. There's like eight bunks in an area and they go to each, each one of the units, ask who would like to attend the communion service. There's usually many people who would attend that were not Catholic. Because, you know, even our nature of our population was in the area, I think, are about 12 or 13% Catholic. We had a lot, uh, a lot of people that would attend the service that were not Catholic, but we would always welcome everybody to attend. Some people will ju- were just there just to get out of their cell, listen to scripture, things of that nature, because you would only have a percentage of people who would come up for communion. So I'm just assuming this is a county jail. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. So it's probably... Minimum security, not not, or is it sort of the medium level? I'm- well, here's the here's the difference between jails and prisons. The things that you're talking about is like a prison. It's either we have state prisons and we have a federal prison in Indiana, right. and they have the different levels of security. Okay, so there's one down in in, in Edinburgh, 
that's that I think it's like a work release program. And I think it's more of a training thing for minimal offenders. Plainfield Correctional Facility is a little bit higher level. And then there's, you know, some other facilities that, that have higher. Sure. So those that actually have been sentenced and, and, and they have, you know, so much time that they have to spend in prison. And that's a correctional facility. Right. So they actually so used to work out at Putnamville. Right. I mean, they've got the guard towers and fences around everything. When I worked there, I actually worked outside of the fence on some work, but I still had to go through everything as though I were going in to be with the general population. And I mean, uh, we had to go through checks at gates and have the car searched and myself searched to make sure I wasn't bringing anything in that uh, to give the prisoners. I didn't know if that's how they handled it at the county as well. A little bit different at the county. I used to do a ministry that was called Kairos at the Plainfield Correctional Facility. Mm -hmm. And that's like a Christ for News' parish or welcome retreat, but they do it in the jail. And they go, they put you through the paces there. You have to do training. You have right. to go through a search. The jails are a little bit less stringent, but I think it varies from jail to jail. The jails are somewhat like a temporary holding facility. Those are going to be minimal level offenders. I think there's a lower class felony that some inmates can be there for, but usually they're waiting trial or they're a, a lower offense that are sentenced into the jails. And so you're going in, you're presenting a Eucharistic service, not, not a full mass, but you would do readings and, and the like. And then for those who are Catholic, they could come up and get the Eucharist. Is, is that correct? Right. Yeah. We would do the, we would do the Sunday readings for them upcoming Sunday after Friday. And it would, it's pretty much follows everything that you have in the mass, except for the prayers of consecration, that the priest would do. And, you know, any, anytime I do a communion service, I try to let people know that this is not a mass. It's a communion service, just so they don't assume that. And uh, it was nice because we had volunteers from St. Rosalima and St. Francis and Clare that would join in on these communion service. So usually it wouldn't just be me. There was uh, myself, Deacon Pat Bauer on the rotation, and then there were several lay people that would be in the communion service. So usually most weekends, uh, or Fridays, there was a deacon that led the communion service, but on occasion, it would be one of the lay people who had worked with us and had done training. And it was the one thing that was assigned to the inmates is that it was a, it was a ministry of presence. So yes, they're there for the communion service, but we used to go one person at a time. And then we started going two people at a time and on occasions, three people until the jail said, no, you can only have two. But the interaction happens with them would be like right at the end of the communion service because they would come up and we would, uh, at one time we were allowed to give out rosaries and pamphlets, things of that nature. They would, you know, kind of be hungering for those, but they just wanted, they have somebody who would come up and talk to you and say, hey, my grandmother's sick and I can't get out of here in jail. Will you please pray for her? You know, they don't have anybody visiting them. And even though it was an interaction was maybe like three minutes at the end, when we started having extra people there, you could tell that it meant something to them that there was somebody in addition to just, you know, the person leading the service. Well, that's good. And so we have a council at St. Rose of Lima. I'm hoping that some of them were involved. And I know you are involved with our council at St. Francis and Clare in Greenwood. So right. uh, there is a tie-in with the Knights there. So you were doing this 
for the last few years and then COVID came in and I know right. um, that's made some changes. I got an email about four to six weeks ago from the jail matron. She said, we're going to be changing things up now. We're going to allow you, the inmates to have a, a video service. So like where we're, we're all getting back into meeting, you know, live in our churches, they right. were just starting to allow a video service. Okay. And we went to go meet with the jail matron to kind of see if it was possible to bring in Jesus in the Eucharist because video is one aspect, but you really don't get the presence of Christ there. Unfortunately, by the time we met with her, she said, well, we had three spots filled and our commander said, that's all we can do. See, we're still doing the, uh, sending the worship aid and that's, that's about it for right now. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but the good thing is with that though, we, we have had some people correspond because in the worship aid, I've added something that said, if you'd like to have a ministry uh, of good old sending letters back and forth. And there's been about a half dozen people over the, the two years now that have sent it. Unfortunately, they've been responded to, but they haven't come back. So you don't know exactly what's going on there. So we no longer have that personal interaction, but we do have the opportunity to provide them with written literature. Yeah. Can I mention one thing other than sure. that we are allowed to do? We are allowed to have provide Bibles for them. Oh, okay. The jail over COVID got really strict about what could come into the jail. And they said uh, only commercial services can send things. Nice. But the the jail matron has been cooperative in allowing me to send Bibles. Another organ organization, the Order of Malta, has a prison ministry uh, that they provide Bibles and Catholic prayer books in English and Spanish at no cost. They, they've provided those in the past. And uh, matter of fact, I just put a request in for a shipment about two weeks ago. Oh, okay, so you're going to the we'll provide that materials, and then you're going to provide it to the to the jail. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Is that a, is there a fee associated with that? So, if you're getting it from the order of Malta, do you need to pay them for the materials? No, that's one thing. They're very generous. That is that is one of their ministries of charity is okay. to do the ministry to those who are in prison. So I've probably been getting those Bibles from them for about the last four or five years. So, so they're very, very generous with that. You mentioned that as things are progressing, they've, they've talked about potentially doing a video conference type presentation uh, rather than in person. With things opening up more, has there been any talk about returning back to what you had before with the in-person and providing the Eucharist to jailed individuals? There hasn't been a lot. And the one thing, unfortunately, I think that has transpired over the last couple of years is uh, anytime in a, in a jail situation where you have to transport, you have to have multiple guards involved in it. Mm -hmm. The overstaffing in jails and with the short staffing security guards within the jail They've minimized and gathering people together and moved to more doing things remotely. Like the one thing that they do when they have to go to court, instead of having to transport the, the prisoners to court, they do what's called video arraignment. Oh. So in a room, they have the web conferencing set up. Now they're able to do like a complete classroom. So I think, uh, unfortunately, that may be how we have to do the interaction. Okay. Okay. I will, I will mention something because people talk to me and they, they'll say, hey, my nephew is in, in Johnson County Jail. Can you please go visit him? And, 
and I could do individual visits, but the one thing that is necessary is that it needs to come from the inmate. So if, you know, Aunt, if Ann Sue says her nephew Johnny is in jail, I always ask, has he requested a visit? Okay. So they do have visitation times, mm-hmm. but if you go there and ask for an inmate, he shows up and he goes like, well, who are you? What are you doing here? And it's like, well, your Aunt Sue asked me to come visit. Well, I don't want to meet with you. It, it, it's it's kind of like, in a way, if you're forcing your faith on somebody. Right. Maybe Aunt Sue thinks that, you know, her nephew Johnny needs to have the Lord in her life, which we all want that for our relatives and things of that nature. But I've had meetings in the past where someone has come to me. There was like a, a spouse that came to me and said, my husband would really like to have a meeting with you. And we had multiple fruitful conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Myself and, you know, other people could could do that. Um, but it, it needs to be initiated by them. Gotcha. Okay. But the one thing that I do, you know, people will tell me about, their loved ones that might may be incarcerated. And, uh, you know, many times it has to do with some sort of a, an addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, things of that nature. They never tell you when they're in jail what it is. You might hear it from the family. But I, I keep a kind of running, running prayer list of those people that I'm praying for. And there's a special prayer I put pray to, uh, through uh, for the intercession of St. Maximilian Colby for those who are struggling with addictions. I'm more than happy to take prayer requests from people and things of that nature. Very good. Yes. Um, Very, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with uh, St. Maximilian Colby. I know he's a patron saint of of, uh, radio broadcast because he was very involved in in, uh, doing media and things back well, I know before World War II, I'm not sure how much during World War II, he ended up in a, in a concentration camp and, and died there. Uh, but yeah, um, he's, he's a he's a saint I've had some interest in over the years. So. They had a circulation of over a million newspapers going out at the time in Poland. Ministry, mm-hmm. the they had radio broadcasts that were going on. So yeah, he's a, he's a patron saint for uh, modern communications. I think the local Catholic radio station that's a patron, mm-hmm. but also is for those who are struggling with addictions. Oh, very good. He died by lethal injection, so that's kind of the connection there. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, it was a torturous lethal injection from what I recall as well, so that's that's a sad thing there. So how can people get involved in this thing? I know it sounds like it's a little bit curtailed with, with the prison jail rules currently, but is there ways for others to be involved with this type of ministry through their church or uh, maybe the local jails? Well, the one thing I would encourage people to do is if they are interested in either jail or prison ministry, talk to their deacon at their local parish and find out their involvement. Because based on where people live, I know multiple deacons who have been involved in this ministry. The one thing that if they want to learn more about it every year in October, there's a corrections ministry conference and Deacon Mark Kellums, who is the other deacon at St. Francis and Clare, he is the coordinator for the corrections ministry for the entire archdiocese. Oh. And it's usually held on a Saturday in October. Uh, there's a conference that's 8.30 till about 2 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And they have multiple speakers on the conference with different ministries that people can, can get involved in. 
Um, in the past, there have even been different ministries that have set up little tables and booths that you can talk to. Again, this was pre-COVID, but they had the conference both in 2020 and 2021. It was all video conference in, in 2020 and in 2021, it was web conference and live. And, uh, you know, so if you're just interested in jail ministry, you can come to those that are open to the public to attend. There's a small nominal fee, but it's a great resource to find out what's going on at the local, federal, and the state level. And it also can inform you on advocating for change as well, because some of the things that are people are in prison or in jail for, they get into it multiple times. It may be like a lower level drug or alcohol offense. And a lot of the people need to have either some rehabilitation or a mentor in their lives or things of that nature. And a previous conference that was in Monroe County, the judge came up and talked about their court that was more focused on instead of incarcerating people, it was getting people into a program to help them kind of change their lives and get to the root cause of things. We've had Sister Jean Prejean, I might have the name wrong, but there was a movie called Dead Man Walking, and it was about a man on death row. Oh, I think I remember that. She spoke at our conference, I think, three years ago, Mm -hmm. advocating for doing away with the death penalty. Sure. And, you know, a lot of people, I I don't even know if a lot of Catholics are aware, but, you know, Pope Francis has said that that the death penalty is no longer morally acceptable. It's a change in, in, in kind of Catholic teaching. You know, those are some things that you can do to advocate for change. For the people who are incarcerated and, and, and uh, they, they need to have the church in their lives too. And that's why we have you know, these different ministries going on in, in the archdiocese. And I know just for a fact that Archbishop has been able to go in and celebrate a few masses in the prisons now. Fellow deacon, Deacon Russ Woodard, who is the past parish life coordinator at Holy Trinity in Edinburgh, he goes to the jail and uh, they had a mass, I think, about three months ago with Archbishop. So he he has been getting permission to go into some state facilities. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you very much for speaking with me about this today. Uh, we do appreciate your ministry to those who are in prison and uh, have a great day. Thank you. God bless. Great. Thanks, Scott. Now here's my sit down with Mark Scheller. As we continue our deep dive into the seven corporal works of mercy, I'm joined today by Mark Scheller. Mark is a brother knight of Columbus and is involved in numerous programs and activities within his parish community, and among them, a prison ministry, which is the reason he joins us today. But more on that in a bit. First, welcome, Mark. It's good to speak with you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking me. I was thrilled when I found out we'd have the opportunity to sit down and, uh, and talk about this. Why don't you just give us a little background about your involvement with the Knights? Well, in year 2000, I was asked to move to Indianapolis area, and with that, I uh, became part of a new parish, and one of the first things they asked me to become a Knight of Columbus, so that was in 2000, and I joined, and around 2010, I became the Grand Knight. For a couple of years, I took part in that, and then a few years later, they asked me to think about joining a prison 
jail ministry team and felt very blessed to be asked, but a little apprehensive at the same time. I mean, you know, going into inside a jail or a prison's not the top of most people's wanting to do. Sure. So I was apprehensive at first. And after just going the first time, I realized that that was one of the things God wanted me to do was to visit with these men and women and come to know them and find ways that I might help them. So when you visit these prisons, what are the goals? What, what, do, what do you intend to do when, when you go in and you sit down with these individuals? When I first started this, I went into the local county jail with about five or six other uh, people from our parish. And there it was basically to meet individually with a group of males and a group of females. And when we go, when we would go in, we would either lead them in discussions of the Bible or how to be a better person. It wasn't trying to tell them they need to be a good Catholic. Most of them are not even Catholic. It's trying to help them relate to God in whatever way we can. I know, and, in the, I know in the research I read uh, uh, about your ministry that it's non-denominational. Absolutely. Hopefully, we're not dealing with just Catholics. And that I did that for five or six years at the local jail. And then about four years ago, all time gets messed up with COVID. So about four or it's five the years. Two, it's the two years that never happened. Exactly. So about four or five years ago, I received an email of asking whether I would like to also join a prison team. And I don't know how many people are familiar with a group called Kairos. And if you know what Chrisiel is, then Kairos is the same thing, but it is for prisoners. And it's where us men go into the prison for three days, not nights, but three full days and evenings and spend that time with inmates and share the word of God with them through talks and through group discussion and through one-on-one discussion. And, but mostly in our theme is to learn to love, love, listen, listen, with the emphasis being on listening. That's what these guys and gals really need, is for us to be there and listen to them. Share God's word, but listen to them and let them come closer to God through being with us. Okay, and so my next question, I guess, is twofold. Number one, uh, what has the reaction been within the ministry? With uh, do you get feedback from from the from the inmates? We'll start with the jail side of it first. We may meet with two or three males or two or three females at one time, or we may meet with ten or twelve at one time, and. They tell us time and time again that 
us being there and taking out of our own time to spend with them while they are incarcerated is like God coming to them because they're so joyful of it and so happy. I can even remember one young lady, I think she was about 17 or 18, just broke my heart to see her there. But being with her, she just started to bawl. I mean, she really started to cry big time because she felt so sad that she was there. But yet we would take the time to spend with her. Other times we've had them just want more and more. And they can't wait for us to get back there so that they can share their lives with us. They ask us to be there and we don't bring food. We don't bring gifts. All we bring is God the number one gift, and they're hungry for it. I mean, they've made mistakes. They know that. Who hasn't? Absolutely, and that's what we tell them. We're all there. In one way or the other, we've all made mistakes. Some mistakes are larger than others, but we all make mistakes, and we want to accept them for where they're at, and when we do their hearts open up to us like you can't believe. And the stories that we've heard, which we can't share, but the stories, they break your heart. They really do. And it's made me a better person. I think, and one of the things that we do with the uh, prisoners is that after we spend the three days with them, then every week we go back and spend time with them and they come together to meet and discuss God in various ways and with various questions in circles and work groups and things like that. And it's one of the last times, it was right before Lent, I went and spent time with them and we talked about Lent and the way of doing things to help us be better persons throughout Lent. And I challenged them to do prayer, almsgiving, and thanksgiving. And at the same time, I felt the need for myself to do it. And by my doing that, my whole Lent has been so much better because I've come closer to people because I'm not holding on to grudges and things like that. So while we try to give to them, the reality is they're giving to us. It's such a blessing. I know it's not easy to think about going into a prison. But once you get beyond that fear and get to spend time with them, and some of these men that I've spent time with, have been there for 40 or more years. Think about that. 40 years of their life has spent behind walls. And yet we can learn from them just as much as they can learn from us. This has just been absolutely fascinating. Best of luck to you. God bless. I appreciate you taking the time out and I look forward to talking to you. Thank you, Bob.
Night Vision is a presentation of the Indiana State Council of the Knights of Columbus and Catholic Radio Indy. Contributors for this episode include Scott Schutte, Walt Pahan, and Bob Zielinski. Night Vision is produced by Z Media Studios in South Bend, Indiana.